everybody. Welcome to the Uninformed Banker. I'm Gerald, and today we have John, who is currently stationed in England, with us today. Oh. So, we've talked about London, we've talked about <clears throat> South Korea. Here's, here's another one. You, uh, you mentioned Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Another place I had the pleasure of, of being. Pleasure or displeasure? I'm not 100% sure where I stand on it yet. I did get a chance to uh, deploy to Kuwait a few years back. Dude, that is the wildest place I think I've ever been in my life. It's like the Wild West out there. It is absolutely, there are no rules. Like, I didn't feel safe there at all. <laughs> Yet I also felt smart. very safe. It was so weird. I was in a, a job there where my duties every day involved driving off the base, outside the wire. Um, and I'm driving like a 15-passenger van on the highways of Kuwait, which is the most treacherous and like high speed white knuckle situation I've ever been in. You're doing a hundred miles an hour down a dusty sandy highway with people on your ass in Lamborghinis flashing their lights at you, literally passing you on soft dirt shoulders, bumping you out of the way. It was like need for speed, the video game, but in real life in the desert, in a, in a van, (laughs) dude, it was absolutely crazy. Smelliest country I've ever been to for sure. Korea was a close second, probably because they burn all their trash and shit in Kuwait. But yeah, man, that place is crazy. Some of the coolest bazaars I ever went to, like shops, bazaars, interesting restaurants, crazy malls. I saw a dude with a tiger once. People drive 100 miles an hour down the highway just with goats and camels in their back of their pickup trucks, not even strapped down. They're just standing there smiling at you. It was a crazy place, man. Also very hot. (laughs) But uh, dude, when you deploy like that, though, uh, a lot of times it really sucks. Obviously, it's 150 degrees and you're doing arduous duties and stuff like that, but you make really close friends, a lot of whom I still talk to to this day. You make really close enemies, the people that work on your shifts that you absolutely cannot stand. But uh, yeah, man, Kuwait was interesting. Just another another notch in my belt, a place that a lot of people won't ever get to really visit. So that is one of the things I love about my job is South Korea, the UK, anybody can go there. Who's going to Kuwait, really? Probably not happening. So yeah. Just an- yeah. another notch in the belt, man. So I got a question. Okay. With all your travels, you must have had like, what's your like wildest or like the story that springs to mind that like, because you've told me a lot of like experiences, like on a broad stroke, mm-hmm. like the story that springs to mind when I go all the places you've traveled so far, because I can guarantee that either probably your girlfriend has some travels planned for when you can go to like France, et cetera, and stuff like that. Because can't you? Isn't there like an underground? Yeah, there actually is. It's called the Chunnel. It's a yeah, an underground uh, train tunnel that you can you park your car, you park your car on a train, and it drives you uh, right into Calais, France. It's pretty cool. I haven't had the opportunity to use it yet. So you bring your car? Yeah, you can bring your car. You park it onto like a bay on this train, and it takes you across. That's. You, I don't think you have to take your car. I'm pretty sure you can have it like a passenger seat only, but you can take your car and you drive right off, and boom, you have your car in France. And then cool. you can hit like every, I mean, if you want to make a thing about it, you exactly. can hit all, go to Belgium, Italy. Italy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's that's, that's definitely on the radar. Something I want to do for sure. J- Jason said that Prague was fun. Prague is something I keep hearing people talking about. And it's definitely someplace that I want to go to is yeah. That's another one that a lot of people probably haven't been to that people should be going to. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, Jason and he was out there for something with his college and 
he was like, yeah, Prague was wild and weird and really fun. And he was like telling me about their nightclubs and stuff and how it's just an entirely different, like what? Yeah, man. Prague sounds like a crazy place, honestly. Dude, as far as crazy travel stories, I'm trying to think and they're not coming to me off the top of my head. Oh man. I feel ashamed of myself for not having something wild to say. I was going to say, you just I mean, told me you saw a guy with a tiger and now you can't think of a story. <laughs> yeah. I will. That was literally, dude. Yeah, no, that was literally, he was driving a Lamborghini and he had a tiger in the passenger seat, literally in the parking lot of some mall. And that's just how Kuwait was. That's, that's just how Kuwait was. It, it was absolutely bananas. Oh, God, I'm trying to think. I'll give you a moment to think while I tell you about this. That's basically yeah. what I'm going to grab a beer too. Okay. <laughs> You can go ahead. I got my closet, so I'm listening. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, my uh, my like bosses and stuff have all been to these places because we're doing a lot of our business in the Gulf for investors as well as London and, and the US. Um, and they were telling me that it's like you might see a guy with, like you said, a Lamborghini and one on right next to a guy that doesn't have two pennies to rubbed together he said they like he said the gaps are like the, the income inequality in america is bad but over there it's like the strata the systems are designed like the people that deal with the u.s and all the investors and stuff like that are just designed to keep like the ruling i guess groups um or companies it's like a lot more it's not distributed well i guess is what i yeah. should say it's like there's not really a trickle down, which a lot of people say that that doesn't really happen, but it happens a little bit better here. There's really not a trickle down there. And like a lot of the contracts are designed so that just the ruling people, like they'll have a state investment fund, which is supposed to benefit the state. And that's where they invest in like companies and this and that to get the, our technology over there. But what ends up happening is like, yeah, the state will invest, but the profits actually go to the rule, like the rulers of it. So it's because it's, some of the countries over there, they still have like, all right, this is the king. Um, and I know in Kuwait, it's a little bit better. Um, just from talking to a few people over there from some of the other places that we're dealing with. Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and because it's just a little bit easier to like deal with companies over there, but we couldn't, we literally couldn't get to the company because they don't allow like IP addresses from other countries to like talk to some of the companies, like their firewalls are ridiculous. It's like controlled, but it's not controlled. It's really weird over there. Um, That is strange. But, but just the income inequality is like, you'll just see someone, I'm like, why don't you make a road so you can drive your Lamborghini correctly? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude, their infrastructure is just awful. Yep. And but they'll do ridiculous things. Like they're now trying to make this city that has zero taxes. It's supposed to be like a port type thing, so it's going to have like to draw all this money into their country. So you're not going to have any taxes, no import export taxes, to get everyone to buy into this city for like but it only lasts for like i think 50 years only i say and i'm like wait a minute so at the end of those 50 years you guys just jack up the prices now that all these companies are embedded there and there's like a lot of initiatives like that out there 
Um, Sounds sketchy. (laughs) Yeah. We said no to that. And, um, but I just, from people, because I know a few people that deal with um, shipping out there, like they literally go on the cruises out there um, with those guys, mostly in oil. And they're like, yeah, it's really weird. You'll have like just a really nice place. And then you have a place where they don't have toilet paper. Dude, seriously. In Kuwait, I did. You said it was better, and maybe it is now. But when I was there, you'd see a Ferrari or a Lamborghini driving down the street next to a literal slum, like where people are tossing shit out the windows. It was crazy there. It's like they say in comparison. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely, yeah, better in comparison to what it was. I'm sure a while ago. I think they say in America it's like 99 percent or 1% of the people hold 99% of the wealth. In a lot of those Middle Eastern, Southeastern Asian wow, countries, people. yeah, there's <laughs> five, yeah, it's got to be 99.999% of the people, or 1%, 0.00001% of the people that hold 99.99999% of the wealth. It's just absolutely crazy. And it definitely shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wild place. Uh, and as far as crazy stories, man, my, my weirdest ones are probably from Kuwait just because of the nature of that place. Um, I, I remember one time I was on shift, the, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny work story first. So <laughs> it's so stupid because I'm an adult man. So this should never have happened. Uh, so I was on shift, uh, I had a duty vehicle. It was just me and a couple of foreigners, so, like Kuwait, um, Pakistan, like all people from around that, that area that were contracted. So I was working with them and, uh, you know, everybody was doing their thing. And, you know, they say, don't trust the fart. They say, don't trust the fart. Here I am. It's 130 degrees. I'm out in my truck. I'm armed. Like I'm not in a good position to go take a poo. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to trust this bad boy. And I literally shit myself on duty in Kuwait. And it was literally the worst day of my life. So I had to radio back to control and i was literally you know i gave my call sign i'm like we had an actual code for bathroom emergency i forget what it was i have the card somewhere but so it's like it's like control control chowder chowder was my call sign there's a boston reference oh that's a wicked hot chowder control control chowder code code brown at location bravo and they had to rush somebody out to come relieve me so i can go into the bathroom and scrub out my scrub out my uniform pants toss my underwear in the trash and get back on shift, dude. I'm oh, an adult least, man. At least was, they had a, co- a code, so you didn't have to describe it. <laughs> what on the airways? I just shit myself. <laughs> Please send help. Yeah, luckily there was a code. Can you repeat? I that? never thought. Yeah, when when they sent us those cards, the cards with all of the the radio codes, I was like, bathroom emergency. How? Who's really going to use that? And guess who ended up using that? Fuck, I did it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, also, while I was in Kuwait, there was one time my buddy and I. Uh, my one of my good friends that I still talk to, we kind of snuck off, uh, and we ended up finding this, I think, abandoned Kuwait air power museum. So the door was like kind of ajar. So we slipped in, and we're exploring this museum just with like old, dusty airplane skeletons, old, weird statues. It was so creepy. I can't imagine that this place had been open to the public in probably 15 years. And 
it was just one of those situations where it was so eerie, like in a scary movie, when you're almost certain somebody's going to pop out and attack you or something. We were like, dude, we were like hands on our pistols, like walking through this place. (laughs) Like at one point, I almost fucking drew that thing. It was absolutely crazy. Unload a few rounds like a plane. Yeah, yeah. I swear there was someone in there. (laughs) We were like climbing on the exhibits and shit, like getting in the fake planes and helicopters. Absolutely should not have been there. Absolutely should not. Yeah, I'm in some old Kuwaiti Apache style helicopter, just like getting my picture taken. (laughs) It was so dumb. Yeah, dude, it it was definitely a highlight. Uh, It was definitely a highlight for sure. But yeah, man, I. It's not a lot of crazy stories. I just, sounds, I definitely. That met, sounds cool. Like that's that, what I, mean, I meant. That was, <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely it's up there. As far I haven't had anything crazy happen in England yet, um, because I that's, haven't. That's really, actually good, and England's also been shut down. It is. Down. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> is. So I'm typically the crazy stuff happens when the alcohol's involved, <laughs> and I've been <sighs> going out more to explore than to than to drink lately. Um, there was a few crazy times in Korea as well. Um, we went into Seoul on New Year's. Mm-hmm. 2019 into 2020 and Seoul's a really cool city man it's broken up into like sub cities like a lot of big cities in America they have like the boroughs within them mm-hmm. and we were in a city called Hongdae uh, which is kind of like a bougie up and coming not up and coming it's like a bougie fancy kind of place mm-hmm. so we were out at a cigar bar smoking cigars fancy. having whiskeys yeah wow and then uh, we get back to our beat dude it that cigar bar is one of my favorite places on earth. It was awesome. You can get a real Cohiba and, you know, get a little Johnny Walker and just chill. I need someone to teach me how to smoke a cigar. Oh, bro. I can oh. do that. That's easy. It's, it's honestly not a bad learning curve at all. I'm sure there's like extreme delicacies and tendencies that you're supposed to do, but like. They were like, basic... don't inhale. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, if you inhale a cigar, you're having a bad time. But oh, yeah, there are basic steps that you need to follow for sure, but it's, it's not hard. Yeah, man, I didn't do it once, cigar. I did it twice. You freaking idiot. Like, Dude, it burns so bad. Oh, it did. I That's one of the worst feelings. Yeah, it, your, body, your body instantly rejects it oh, yeah. without a second chance. Or I'm second like, time. I never normally puke from alcohol. I normally pass out. <laughs> <laughs> My man's out here inhaling cigars. It's crazy. But uh, anyway, so we finished our cigars and we're like, well, we're not really done for the night. We had a coffee late in the day, so we're like kind of up and awake. And uh, my buddy's like, you want to go get massages? He had just broken up with his girlfriend. Now, in Seoul, Korea, getting a massage is, you know, not like getting a massage in America. <laughs> so I personally was like, hey, man, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to be involved in you prostituting a woman <laughs> in a foreign country when we're here, you know, on orders, you know. I don't think I'm going to be involved. But, uh, Two of my friends went anyway and they came back and they're like, yeah, it was not even, there was no facade. You just walked in and just, it was just immediate sex. So it's like, there, actually, there I had something on my shoulder. Can you, yeah. Could you, I actually had an impingement. Yeah. Uh, could you please? So dude, stuff like that. Korea is wild for that. Um, I did order a home massage once when I, when I didn't, I didn't really know that yeah. I didn't know the vibe. And uh, towards the end, I was like, man, that was a really shitty massage. And she's like, uh, and that was that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, Korea was really cool. Definitely want to go back. And there's definitely more potential for a lot of crazy shit to happen in Korea. That's where people really go ham. While I was there, 
one of the army guys at a base down the, not down the street, but a couple miles away, um, carjacked a taxi. He assaulted the taxi driver and then stole the taxi. That's a real story that happened while I was there. It's not a joke. Like the, ar- the say- army's out here just causing trouble, man. <laughs> he legitimately fought a taxi driver, like cold cocked him and stole his taxi. So that's the kind of stuff that happens in Korea. You got to be careful out there. One thing that blows my mind though, the value of our money in other places. There are some places where we can go and I can buy the hotel I'm staying in with my savings account. And I'm eating, I'm staying and eating there for $10 a day. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind, man. Places like the Philippines where mm-hmm. you can go and literally get a full five course dinner for four bucks on the street. Like, yeah, dude, it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. Here the... I wouldn't actually here is very expensive. I was going to say it's like a third more because I signed up for that course. I'm like, oh, okay, it's only 2200. And then, like, it got to the thing out and it was like, all right, now you Oh, that's pounds. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, man. (laughs) Most things are like a one to one. So, what costs $10 in the United States usually costs 10 pounds here, but that 10 pounds is $14. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. it's, It's expensive out here. Luckily, they do. The Air Force does give us a cost of living pay that they they allowance that they adjust based on inflation rates. So it balances out to an extent. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. But uh, yeah, it is expensive out here. Definitely not like Korea. Korea was very cheap. Kuwait was very cheap. Like Norway is worse. Dude, the Norway, like Sweden, Denmark, the Kroner and stuff like that. Those places, it's twenty six dollars for. Like a slice of pizza. Fucking, yeah, or a fast food meal at McDonald's. Seriously. That's what dad was saying. It, he was there. Yeah. He got a slice of pizza and a Sprite. And he was like, yeah, it was $25 or something. I want to go there so bad. But one of my friends is telling me, I've been there. Don't go. It's not worth it. <laughs> you're going to spend your entire spend life a, savings. <laughs> yeah, just on food. You're going to spend $1,000 on food if you're there for a week. That This doesn't sound appetizing to me. <laughs> so you're hoping Uncle Sam sends you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if he did that, I don't think we have any bases up there, but. If they, uh, yeah, if they can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. I think we have bases pretty much everywhere established where there's a tactical advantage at the moment, at least. So that's like, they're a probably whole not thing looking to expand too much. We're around the world. Right. So like, for example, RAF Mildenhall, the base that's down the street from mine, they are mm-hmm. known as like the air force gas station. So mm-hmm. they're strategically located where, anybody flying from the u.s to overseas say there's a jet in the yep they can no they don't even stop that's the cool thing about the air force man we meet them up in the sky and refuel them in the sky but it's based out of milton hall i heard they're trying to do that with drones now you may not be able to confirm or deny Uh, i i haven't heard that it wouldn't surprise me they're trying to do it with like fighters first which to me that makes sense that they can do that because it's just Either have them link up. Like I feel like a drone would be a better refuel than, no offense to the people that do actually do this, than a person. Because I know I'd screw it up. Well, I would say, I don't know. It depends. It's like, is Tesla better at driving itself than a human is at driving it? I don't know. I know there it's are certain things that a, driving. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There are certain <laughs> things that a computer can't account for. Um, now, if you have somebody obviously controlling the drone, that is a different story. Like if they're yeah. controlling all of it or if there's any portions that are autonomous or whatever, what have you, but we've been in-flight refueling for a long time. as something that we take pride in and that we're very good at, but I can see them also extending that to drones. I don't see why they couldn't. Yeah. The actual I, refueling tube itself is remote controlled. 
So it's just the plane that is. You just have to you know, get them like close and like match speed. Yeah, yeah. You get them close. You you get into a nice cruising speed. And yeah, there's there's a big long tube that the refueler drops out, and then they control it from inside the aircraft. They get it stuck into the fuel port, and bada bing, bada boom. I remember I was I watched a YouTube video about like refueling, and it was like all these clips like of because they have to just sit there and like talk to the other crew and those would be like you want to hear a knock knock joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I'm you're sure flying an f-15 and you're going want to hear a knock knock joke <laughs> i mean what else are you gonna do <laughs> i mean to their credit and then there was like one crew that was like they were on a long trip or something like that i don't know what it was but they were on a bigger plane that's all i know and you may be able to confirm or deny this are they allowed to take like food on there on planes yeah, like the big planes. Yeah, for sure. Because he was talking there about how he had planes. like some hot hot pockets cooking in the back. Yeah, so say and I didn't know they had microwaves. Like <laughs> so yeah. I was like, um, it's not even a microwave per se. So let's see what is which one is. I swear, if he just puts it on the engine, that's a little. <laughs> so we'll take a look at like the B two bomber. It's a mm-hmm. big bomber, but there are there's kitchen facilities within it because of the, the lengths of the missions that you go on. It's not anything. It's not even not fancy. like hotel kitchen that we're talking about. I'm talking like probably easy bake oven style, like size yeah. where you have little packaged meals that you can toss in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can definitely get hot food on those planes for sure. Bathroom facilities. They don't have, that's a shit bucket, but they do have cooking facilities Is out the bomb, bomb bay door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, dude, they have buckets. I'm not even joking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got a little bucket situations in there. That but uh, yeah, terrible. man, the, the, the cooking thing, yeah, that's legit from your buddy. He's not he's not joking about that one. Yeah, he was talking about like hot pockets. I'm like, I'm, not I'm sure you could do a hot pocket in there. Yeah, it's probably I've not seen one. I have a buddy that works in inside an aircraft that has described it. I assume it's probably very similar to, excuse me, to like just a, a commercial oven? airline. I would say like a commercial airline oven because you know how they have those little. You're, I mean, you've seen the meals that they serve on aircrafts. They stick them in this little tiny oven that's this big, and mm-hmm. then it's good to serve. So I'm sure it's similar. I had an experience with an airline that kind of put me off from flying for a while. I still haven't been really? back on one. Um, oh, man. You've heard of snakes on a plane. Of course. Sam Jackson. Obviously. Sammy J. But so I'm between my mom and my dad. I'm strapped in. I got the, the little table down. Uh, you know, everyone's got the things closed and it's kind of dark. I got my light on. Someone opened an overhead bin and a baby scorpion fell directly in the middle of the light. So Are I'm you serious. I'm, I'm shit. You not. So I'm strapped oh in. I'm strapped in. I can't go left or right. There's a baby scorpion, which I've never seen before. Cause I'm from new England. We don't have those. Not really. No. <laughs> yeah. And I go, ah! and I go like this. I had an empty cup and I just trapped it. But now I'm sitting there with a trapped baby scorpion on my tray and I can't do anything. So I'm ringing the call button like there's no tomorrow. I'm just somebody, please help me. <laughs> yeah. The guy comes over and while it's sitting there, he goes, I go, well, at least it's only a baby. It looks really small. He goes, oh, like the thing's still there. He goes, oh, well, the babies are really dangerous because the adults save some of their venom. The babies oh, heard that. send all of their venom so they could <laughs> yeah, kill you. They just full send. Yeah. They just bust their whole load right into your fucking blood. <laughs> exactly. He's like, yeah, those things can kill you. I'm like, 
dude, it's dude, still under the that, cup. Like in, it's right here. Like, that's crazy. So he like slides a, a, a napkin under it and then like takes it away. But the while the napkin's going under, I'm afraid it's gonna get out, get pissed that we put it in a cup and start oh, just yeah. yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I can understand why you would be timid. I'll definitely go on a plane again, to be honest. But yeah, I was gonna say I think that's something I'd be able to get over eventually. Oh, it wasn't like scarring, but I know I'm gonna think about it the next time I go on. I just haven't had I just haven't had the opportunity. I might have the opportunity this year to take a trip to actually a lot of places. Um, because we're trying to close our fund, and when you're giving people that much money, you're supposed to meet them in person. Meet them Uh, face to face, yeah. yeah. Business trips, yeah. No, real like you're supposed to meet them in person to meet these guys. Yeah, um, for sure. But they want us to go to some countries where I'm like, I want to visit that, but I feel like I'd get shot. What are we talking <laughs> like Brazil? No, like um, Kazakhstan. Um, oh shit! Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> like I've seen Borat. I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, they have a really weird economy slash government. So the way they do Kazakhstan things, does? yeah. The way they do things is like it's all kind of run by the state, but it's also like capitalist because it's like they have, like I said, these state um, funds that like, all right, so we're going to invest. They actually invest directly into companies. So it's like a private equity company, but it's the state. Interesting. So when a company does great, the state actually makes money interesting and it's not taxes but at the end of the day if it does bad all they've done is provide a service or something maybe they sell it off and they take a loss but they still have tax revenue coming in so they can then invest in the they actually invest like it's not through grants it's not anything like that it's straight up like a a private equity company and then every because a lot of times there'll be like a fund that off splits you know someone may got rich off of that or somehow so they'll create their own fund but like you all have to kind of kiss the ring and right. like you're all beholden to the government and they get a slice of the pie. So it's like really weird where it's like, we control it, but we're promoting capitalism and individual growth and we're going to fund you. And if you do well, the country does well. So it's this weird, I'm like, I'm caught between like, that's not right. And Hey, that's right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's really unique. Yeah. I've I don't even know where I would stand on it. I've <clears> never <throat> seen anything like that. But they do do a lot of, um, because their country is like, did you know Russia leases their space station from Kazakhstan? I did not know that. Kazakhstan owns the space station that Russia's got cosmonauts because, in? Remember, they used to be part of the Soviet Union. Yeah. And when they left, they forgot to take their space station with them. Wow. So they have like a hundred year lease on the space station that's in Kazakhstan. Russia does. So cosmonauts, they come out of Kazakhstan. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Interesting. Like How do you forget a whole space station? <laughs> like it's a really weird setup over there, but they have, they have like the least amount of people per square area of like countries. It's like a very low amount. I forget what, there's only 18 million people in a huge country. It's like the biggest country landlocked, at least I know that. Yeah. It's like just massively large. Yeah. And they only have 18 million people in there, which I know 18 million, that's a lot of people. But when you look at the area, For the size. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we have 330 here or something. Yeah. 
and there's still empty space. They have 18 million in like an area that I don't know exactly how big it is, but I know it's probably at least half the size of the U.S. with less than a tenth. It's a million square miles. <sighs> Only 18% of the land is. If one, if one person takes up 1% of that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's, that's ridiculous. Each person could, could have. Wow. Um, I'm not going to get in math because I'm an yeah, yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah, we're I was not, about we're to not say a million, right mi- we're a not million miles. Math. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> we're not doing math and we're not fact checking. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> but they have all these like um they have a lot of mineral wealth like lithium um magnesium like all of these things that are needed for basically a lot of things and they're trying to exploit that and they're also trying to get their country back on track like they're putting a lot into agriculture because they still need to feed people but they don't have <clears throat> a lot set up so it's really weird they don't have like yeah because when they lost all their infrastructure when the Soviet Union left. So they were like, uh, yeah, they were basically suckling at the teat. Yeah. Like, what do we do now? Cut off entirely. Yeah. So now they have to make like, they're making chicken processing places, which you don't think about, but for us to have Tyson chicken, we need chicken processing plants. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's a big market for sure. Yeah. So they're doing like a lot in agriculture, which we're in. Um, Cause we have drone technology and those are being, those are huge in uh, agriculture now because less people per, amount that you take care of isn't Kazakhstan? i think Kazakhstan's a big oil place too i don't know i think you might be right though that wouldn't surprise me that whole region seems flush with oil so they just have a ton of resources to be honest yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah it's an interesting place i was just looking up the capital city near sultan or something whatever Nur that Sultan. Is. it does yeah it does look pretty cool man just from pictures it looks pretty cool maybe it's worth a shot mm-hmm they but, got a big spiky thingy with a ball in it, some big glass buildings. I mean, I, I just know myself in like new situations. I have a tendency to go, oh, I'll go over here. And I'm just like that. Rah, rah, rah. I'm uh, like, I have that the like clueless typical, tourist. Yeah, that typical <clears throat> fuck with me face, you know. Uh, the hey, pick my pocket. Yeah. And I look to you. <laughs> or just beat me in the back of the head with a steel pipe. And <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe don't then. Yeah. Well, I got to go. Um, well, I kind of do hope I get to go because it's one of those things. If I survive, I'm gonna be like, "All right, that was fun. We're not doing it again, but I got to see a lot of the world." But um, it's like Kuwait. Yeah, who's gonna say that they've been to Kazakhstan? Mm-hmm. Pretty much nobody. So it's like and when we hit there. It's, oh, sorry. Yeah. It's not like a a destination spot, mm-hmm. but like you know, people say, "Oh, I went to the Maldives or whatever." Mm-hmm. Well, you say, "I went to Kazakhstan," they go, "So what?" It's still kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw a part of the world that not a lot of people can say that they've been to. So I think that holds something. At least oh, for me, it does. I do want to hit London again. I think we might if things work out. Because um, we're basically going to uh, meet like investors. So we're definitely going to hit the Gulf countries. Oman, um, UAE, a few other places. Um, Kuwait. And probably i probably won't go on the ones to the u.s to be honest um, yeah maybe canada but we're doing like a trip basically but an, an o or a very large oval oh, like the, yeah all the way around the globe oh, that's cool yeah because they that's gotta a cool trip. they just gotta hit like a lot of the gulf and then they're like well we'll hit the u.s on the way back that way we're just getting closer and closer and that's it 
That sounds cool, man. Well, if you do find yourself back in London, you got to let me know. We'll hit up some. Oh, I, I definitely will. We'll hit, we'll hit, I'll get my, I'll get a few of the guys I know from um, Oxford and they'll show us the really nice clubs. Oh, true. Yeah. They'll, they'll have the ins better than I do for sure. Well, like, have you ever heard of Otis elevators? Dude, every, every elevator I've ever been on is an Otis. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the head of Europe, um, Otis elevator lives lives in london and very good friend of mine from that class we've never actually met in person which i think is weird but we zoom all the time welcome to yeah welcome to 2021 man oh dude he was telling me that like he was lucky with the lockdowns because he got um i gotta i gotta give me one moment i'll be right back oh yeah do, do your thing man Hello, everybody. Due to editing, we've had to break this up into three different segments. So this is the end of segment number two. If you want to hear the rest, continue on to segment number three. Bye.